Good afternoon, TBYE Black Living Room Talk. I hope everyone is having a wonderful Saturday today. It is almost 80 degrees in my neck of the woods. I'm trying not to complain about the warm weather coming. I mean, I don't want, I don't mind the warm weather, but when it gets hot, that is a totally different story. But anyway, I want to get into this article, and it's um, about families, different types of families, and the dynamics of it. No one keeps track of all adoption statistics. The best guesses on numbers and the kinds of children and families involved come from surveys conducted by researchers and private organizations. It is generally held that about 40,000 to 50,000 children not related to their parents are adopted every year in the United States and that less than 20% of these children come from other countries. I am reading Adoption Across Racial Lines. Is it bad for kids by, I want to give credit to ST, that's what it says. That's it, ST. The United States is an unusually heterogeneous country, but the picture of waiting children here is discouragingly familiar. Almost half of the 370,000 children in foster care in the United States are black, a proportion far outstripping the proportion of blacks in the general population. Most of the children available for adoption here fall into the category of special needs. Any of a number of qualities, they make a child hard to place for adoption. A special needs child might be older than two, have medical or developmental problems, be part of a sibling group, or be any race other than white. Since 1972, the National Association of Black Social Workers has maintained a policy opposing the placement of children with black heritage, including children of mixed race in white homes, to prevent what it terms a kind of cultural genocide. The NABSW have been trying for several years to get congressional support for a federal act based on the, on the act in place for Native American children that will simply prohibit black, white, transracial adoption in most cases. Zena F. Oglesby Jr., executive director of the Institute for Black Parenting, says there is no scarcity of black adoptive families for the black and biracial children needing homes. The social welfare system simply doesn't know how to recruit black parents who historically adopt a much higher rate, adopt at a much higher rate than people of other races, he says. The institute was established by the state of California to recruit exclusively in the black community and in less than three years has placed 300 black children in black homes. Oglesby asked whites to imagine a white infant placed in a black home in a black neighborhood to understand the frustration many black families feel. You will find absolutely no one out there who will say there is a better place for a child than a same-race home, he says. Everyone agrees with that. 
One Church, One Child is a national organization that works through churches to find black homes for black and biracial children. Virginia Phillips, the Oregon director of One Church, One Child, is an elegant, energetic woman of 55, a psychologist who describes herself as having eight children by birth, two by adoption, and 50 or 60 in an extended family. She believes that the maze of paperwork and sometimes officious regulation surrounding adoption, a process that includes fingerprinting and home visits by social workers, as well as a range of fees, is foreign to black culture. African Americans don't feel that we need to go through a bureaucratic system in order to take a child, Philip says. We just automatically take children whose parents aren't there for them. The extended family system is part of our culture. Adoption is time-consuming. It's difficult, it's discouraging, and if the person has no relationship to the system anyway, it's tremendously intimidating. What I'm looking at is the long haul, at their whole life and what's best for them, she continues. White families are saying, well, why can't we adopt them? What we need to be doing is adopting, and they need to help us adopt these children because we want the children. All black children belong to us. Virginia Phillips herself adopted a Korean girl, a child who was being released by the adoptive home Phillips was counseling. What I learned from her solidified all I believed. This child at five was standing in front of the mirror trying to kink up her hair. She wanted to be like her mother and father. Every child wants to be. Cheryl Schatz believes she has a place in this debate as the white adoptive mother of three African children. Schott runs a fledgling adoption agency called Americans for African Adoption, which has so far placed 18 children from African countries and one from Afghanistan with families in the United States. Schatz says the message she has repeatedly been given by black organizations is that adoption of all black children should not be an issue for whites. But I don't think black Americans understand the situation third world kids are in, she says. Nor does she believe that black families are discriminated against by the adoption system. Really. All we want are families, but we do have costs. Exactly the same for black families as white. No golden angel is out there to make adoption cheap. Any law like the one proposed by the NABSW or the typical state laws frequently proposed by One Church, One Child, which would require that the social welfare system search longer for same-race homes for black children, would require overturning what amounts to civil rights gains. Race is no longer a legal qualification in such situations, and typically courts have prohibited the use of race in child custody decisions of many types. Nor is there a consensus in the black community any more than there is in the white community that transracial adoption is right or wrong. Surveys have found about a 50-50 split on the issue among blacks, many of whom are transracial 
adoption, not only as a partial solution, not only many of whom see transracial adoption not only as a partial solution to the foster care problem, but as a way to increase integration. Many researchers have, over the past few decades, studied the effects of transracial adoption on children and their families. Certain of these studies have followed the same children from placement through adulthood, and one factor stands out again and again among Black, Hispanic, East Indian, and Asian children in both the United States and England. The older the child is when he is adopted, the more problems he will have. Problems that might range from an inability to bond with his new family to lying and stealing. The longer a child waits for adoption, the more frequent and severe the problems are likely to be, regardless of race. Transracially adopted children seem to adjust as well as those adopted by parents of the same race and suffer no more lack of self-esteem. They also seem to receive a certain benefit. They are more accepting of integration and mixed-race marriages and view the world as a pluralistic place. Such children, writes one researcher, are a different and special cohort. One socialized in two worlds and therefore perhaps better prepared to operate in both. Such a result is echoed in the words of Sandy Ilalonga, who is biracial and spent years in foster care before being adopted by a white family. In a speech last year supporting transracial adoption, Ilalonga said, ethnic identity means absolutely nothing to a child who belongs to nobody. But, I would add also that, like Zena F. Oglesby said, that he asked whites to imagine a white infant placed in a black home in a black neighborhood to understand the frustration many black families feel. And then the other uh, lady, Miss Virginia Phillips, who said she adopted a Korean girl and she saw her standing in the mirror trying to kink up her hair because she wanted to be like her mother and father. And as children get older, and in the society that we live in, they wind up having to face the reality of this world that we live in that was not set up for people of color. I know some people don't like the word people of color because some of us are just in a, we are in a different situation than others. And situations can be much more dire. But it's just they need to learn the truth. And it's sad that they have to learn the truth in such a unkind unkind way. I believe, I just believe that if they are taught their culture, if that family that adopts them can teach them their culture and their history and be truthful about it then we're making 
where we will have made progress as far as I'm concerned. We don't live in a perfect world. And some of us are trying to make it at least halfway perfect. But that's a good question that always be brought up. I wish you, I want to wish you um, peace, love, and light on this beautiful day. I hope you're having one as well. And please stay tuned to Black Living Room Talk for conversation, stories, and information. I am the Third Eye Goddess. TBYE.